Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you being here this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to allow people to get settled in and get started. Grab a cup of coffee, whatever you need for those of you online, and we're going to play um, a personal favorite of mine here, Fred Hammond and the Straight Gate Mass Choir, I'll Praise. And uh, here it goes. We appreciate you being here this morning. Good morning to my lovely bride. What? I'm looking at your name on the thing. What about it? I don't know about the lighting. Is it weird looking? Oh, I look like I'm in the dark. <laughs> I don't know if I can fix that or not because it's a color thing. I look like I'm green now. Let's see what I can do. Is that better? No? It's not better at all. Good morning, Anitra. Well, I'll have to work with it later. Suffice it to say, I'm here. <laughs> Good morning, Ronnie. Appreciate you being here this morning. Hey, Bev, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you being here this morning. Fred Hammond and the Straight Gate Mass Choir. Good morning, Sister Pearl. Good morning, Brother Walter. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Amen. 
I look green? Oh, okay. It is kind of green, isn't it? I keep adjusting, I'm going to adjust it the wrong way, and it'll be like, then I'll look like I'm purple or something. Yep. That's a little bit better. I look less green. Yeah. <laughs> How can a light do that, huh? I'll turn my complexion into something like a, a Martian or something. That should be a little bit better. Thank you so much for being here this morning. We appreciate you. Good news, Ronnie. Glad to hear it. All right. That was Fred Hammond and the Straight Gate Mass Choir with I'll Praise. Uh, that is a uh, that makes you. I'll tell you what. It's like having a cup of coffee in the morning. It makes you start moving. Uh, pretty well. Speaking of coffee, right? Uh, Lisa, good morning. We appreciate you being here also as well. Uh, we do have a few announcements that we want to mention uh, in respect to today, today's schedule, and making sure that we're uh, staying on point with just keeping everyone informed as to what's going on. We've got um, uh, Pastor Gus is going to be presenting the message today. Uh, it will be, um, for those of you online, available within the timeline here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page, uh, Facebook Live, approximately 11 o'clock. So if you are not coming to church in Akron, if you are out, out of town or wherever you are, you're welcome to jump back with us online. Now, we, I will say this, and I know that this has been a um, kind of a thing we've been wrestling with for a while now. We, we have audio issues on occasion uh, during the church broadcast where the the combination of the musical instruments and the choir just overpower the microphone that we have and it causes, it sounds like everybody's underwater. Uh, that's something we're trying to rectify. We're trying to deal with that and to get that taken care of. But when Pastor Gus speaks, uh, you will be able to hear him uh, quite clearly and it will work out quite well because the way we have it uh, is that it, it goes directly into the board and and he's able to, you're able to hear him speak. So I wanted to make sure that you were aware of that, okay? So for what it's worth, um, I can tell it's going to be one of those kind of Sundays. Um, for what it's worth, we have to recognize that we're still working on the issue of the audio during our regular church feed. So your patience is appreciated for those of you who tune in online. We, we appreciate just hanging with us while we try to work out those details. Um, also wanted to mention that this afternoon at 5 o'clock will be our Q&A with the pastors. It's the opportunity for the, that's only an in-church uh, event, so it's not online. So those of you who are in Akron, you're welcome to come back at 5 o'clock for our Q&A session. It's actually a very, very informative session, uh, and I will share this with you too, because I'm one of the people who is uh, involved in actually trying to answer questions. It's very informative and helpful for me too. I appreciate uh, learning more and more about what God's Word has to say, so you're welcome to come back at 5 o'clock and join us for that here in church only, but uh, that's where you'll be able to do that. 
And I also want to mention something, too, that I haven't mentioned really before here. But we also have content online here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page as well, too, during the week. Every Wednesday, we have a new uh, broadcast, either of the uh, 15-minute devotionals or the second Wednesday Bible study. And guess what? This is... um, uh, this is uh, we have a double header this week. We have actually both are going to be available this coming Wednesday on the 13th. So we do this every Wednesday, and I just want to make it clear that we are providing this content uh, in addition to what we do at church on Wednesdays as well too, for you to look at and get into the Word and stay into the Word. That's been the primary uh, reason for providing this additional content online. We are really encouraging people to stay in God's Word. It can't. It's extremely important that we always take that approach, and that and we as believers individually have to take that same approach as well too. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We we appreciate all of you who are giving through uh, praying about what they're giving. Uh, that's a matter of worship. Um, when you are praying about what you're giving for your tithes and offerings. It is really a matter of what you believe that uh, the Lord is telling you to give, and that's how you should always approach it. I would say that uh, at, the, at the end of the day, the Lord has been very good to us. He's taken care of us, but we also want to make sure that there is uh, money available for benevolent offerings or anything of the sort that may take place over the course of um, the course of a year uh, or course of time. And then, of course, we want to pay our utilities as well, too. So. Uh, whatever is due, uh, we want to take care of as well. So please pray about that. If you are mailing your tithes or offerings, please mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate that consideration. And yes, thank you for making a note that that Q&A is a Bible Q&A. It's about asking questions, biblical questions. I just never said that. So that's thank you for doing that as well too. Okay, we have... Uh, a short set of verses here, but they're very impactful. And we are going to get into the book of John, back into the book of John, chapter 16. We're going to be covering verses 16 through 24. I want you to also give prayerful consideration as we get ready to pray about what we're reading. Um, we, we live in a world right now where there are a lot of things to be concerned about. There are a lot of things that uh, to be anxious about. There are a lot of concerns that we should have about what is happening. But I, I think the most important thing, and uh, good morning, Larry, and Anne, thanks for being here. I, I just caught you uh, online that you jumped on with us. We appreciate you very much. I want you to be prayerful about not so much even so what's, what's going on in the world, but now what does that mean when it comes to those people that we know and that we have a relationship with who don't know Jesus. And I, I'm going to mention only because I, I happened to watch um, Dr. Michael Yusuf this morning was actually talking about the passage in Luke about the rich man and Lazarus. You know, and it's very, very interesting how God is giving us a very clear picture of what can happen to us when we finally die, when we finally take our last breath. And it's not about going into a holding cell or going into a place. Um, no such place as purgatory. Nothing like that. It happens. It's very immediate. It's very instantaneous. You'll either be in paradise or you will be in torment. And what we see in the book of Luke about what it is to be in torment with the rich man um, We wouldn't want that on anybody. You don't want to see anybody go through that. And I think that that's... We we sometimes are are preoccupied with the things of the world that will take our focus off of what it means when it comes to our eternal future. And Jesus is going to try to communicate this same information to His disciples. This dialogue is strictly between, in this passage, between him and his disciples. And the message for this particular passage is going to be, your sorrow will turn into joy. Your sorrow will turn into joy. And there's a reason to be joyful. There's a reason to express joy. 
Joy does not mean sunshine, lollipops, rainbows. Joy means having a peace that surpasses all understanding. It surpasses all logic. surpasses all reasoning. And that's the kind of joy that we want to experience as believers. We are still growing and maturing as believers in Jesus Christ. We have a lot more to learn. And we're going to go through a lot more stuff. And there are people around us who have been through a lot of stuff already. And maybe they're going to go through more stuff as well too. We're all going to go through stuff. But it's how we process, how we live, how we mature as we go through these things and allowing the Spirit to speak to us in this place where we are maturing. The Spirit has to be doing the work. The Spirit has to help us. Our fleshly body is all we care about is what? How much pain I'm going through, what I'm going through, what's happening right now. And that's what we have to recognize. Okay. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and get into this now and see what the Lord has to say to us. Um, Let's pray. Father, we just thank you again for this time that you're giving to us, Lord, to just reflect upon your words. Lord, in this particular study that we're doing, Lord, speak to us individually. Speak to us as to where we are, what's going on in our lives right now. Speak to us, teach us, and encourage us with your very presence. Lord, we are just so thankful that you indeed are in our lives and you love us much more than we ever could understand while we're here. But Lord, as we grow in our appreciation of who you are and learning about how to navigate the lives that we have right now, we thank you for helping us to get through moment by moment, day after day, month after month, and year after year. And Lord, our expectation is that one day we will be with you and all will be well. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 16. We're going to look at verses 16 through 24. It's a passage that um, I'll go ahead and read through it and just share some thoughts that I jotted down about this passage. And it really does come down to Understanding some of the very important principles as we go through this too. First of all, the Lord has us in a place where we are suffering as a people. The Lord has us in a place where we are going through things moment by moment. Some of those things that we are doing that we are suffering is self-inflicted. Some of it isn't. But that's just the nature of the world that we live in. But even if it's, whether it's self-inflicted or not, we have the wonder of God's mercy and grace. He does not like to see us suffering. Remember how often God listened to the appeals of his people when they were going through slavery, the Egyptians. He heard the cry of the people who were praying. He did not want them to go through this suffering. He wanted them to turn to him for relief and the Lord provided relief. The Lord provided escape. But that doesn't change the fact that we're still going to go through stuff. I'm going to read the passage and let's go back through it. John chapter 16, verse 16. In a little while you won't see me anymore, but a little while after that you will see me again. Verse 17, some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean when he says, in a little while you won't see me, but then you will see me and I am going to the Father. And what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it. They're all talking to each other about this. So he said, verse 19, Are you asking yourselves what I meant? 
I said in a little while you won't see me, but a little while after you will see me again. Verse 20, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. Verse 21, it will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. Verse 23, at that time you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly. And he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Okay, that is the passage, John chapter 16, verses 16 through 24. When we look at this passage, it hopefully reminds us that we are going to have numerous trials and with those trials will sometimes come a degree of sadness. You know, there's a reason why Scripture, all throughout the book of Psalms, there are writings about how to deal with depressed, of being in a depressed state. Depression. Depression is a very real thing. I've dealt with depression. I know what it's like. I understand that. But I also know that God has been very faithful and has delivered me from that. Or I don't have to take that medication anymore that I used to take for depression. And that's an amen. I mean, that's... God delivers you. See, that's, that's the thing we have to always recognize here is that God is always going to deliver you if you trust in Him. You can try to do things on your own, but the reality is is that on our own, we have a very hard time of coping with these things, right? But when God is in it, He wants to see you healed and delivered from those things. Sometimes they happen relatively quickly, but sometimes they take time. But guess what that means? Stay in prayer with it and keep after it. And we sometimes have to also look at these trials that we go through but have an expectation to look forward to what is to come with faith and with hope. The hope is in that Jesus will deliver deliver us through these things. But right now we're talking about the present and we're looking... Uh, let's pretend we're the disciples because we're the ones who sometimes will you know, hear somebody say something, hear Jesus speak to us, and we don't know what to say or how to respond to it, just like the disciples did. They'll talk amongst each other, but they don't really go and ask Him the question directly. And all that Jesus is telling us to do is just ask Him. Ask Him. Seek after Him. Knock. The door will be opened to you. And sometimes it has to be a persistent knocking. Because we aren't going to really have all realization or all truth really until we're with the Lord. And it's interesting, even this morning it was mentioned that the rich man in torment also had complete understanding. He knew that he had sinned. It may not have been something that he thought much about while he was still alive on earth, but he knew that he was eternally trapped where he was because he disregarded what God had said. He didn't have compassion for his fellow man. He let Lazarus basically die at his gate without caring for him. So there is complete understanding when we leave here. But we're not there yet because in the passage here, back to verse 16, 
In a little while you won't see me anymore, but a little while after that you will see me again. Now the disciples only have the understanding that they've been with the Lord for two years and they have been listening to Him speak and talk and He's letting them know there's going to come a point where you're not going to see me anymore because basically I'm going to be dead in the tomb and I'll be gone. But after that, you're going to see me again. What is he referring to? He's referring to his resurrection where they will see him again. And so the disciples, let's not, let's be clear about this. They are going to go through all kinds of stuff. They're going to be going through the fact that they're overwrought. Here is the man that they've been spending time with for two years where they think he's going to take over as king. He is going to be the earthly king. He is going to be the one who is going to be assuming this position. And they're going to find out that's not the case at all. And you remember the words of Peter, Peter, I'll, you, you know, I'll die for you. And the Lord had to remind him, no, Peter, you're not. You're going to deny that I even existed. You talk about the emotional upheaval that that involves. And not just for Peter and not just for a couple of the other disciples. That's all of them. Turned upside down. And sometimes that's how life hits us. Sometimes that's what we have to deal with. Sometimes life is turned upside down. And we don't understand why we go through what we go through. The disciples are not going to understand. And they say that pretty much in verse 18. What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. One thing we have to keep in mind here because we, when we look at something like this, it's like, well, why didn't the Lord say more? Well, you have to understand something. The Bible doesn't have every word that Jesus ever spoke. But it has the most important words that Jesus spoke. And the reason why we say that it has the most important words that Jesus spoke is because we recognize that the Holy Spirit is the one who inspired these words to be written and recorded for us to read. So it's not as if Jesus didn't say enough. He said enough for the information that he was trying to communicate to us as well as the disciples. And this information is being communicated to the church through the apostles. Do we, here's a question. I'm going to read a question from the commentary here by F.B. Meyer or a comment. We long to know God's secret plans for ourselves and for those whom we love. Now that's an interesting comment. I'm not sure that I, <laughs> I want to know everything. I would love to know, well, let me, let me backtrack on that. I would love to know about the salvation of those that, we minister to and speak to. I would like to know that. I'd like to know what would happen to someone who we know we've been giving ministry to, speaking to about Jesus. And there are varying degrees. What I've learned over time too is that there are varying degrees of what people think about Jesus. But the vast majority of those degrees don't necessarily involve being saved. And that's the challenge that we as a church face. That's the challenge that we as a people face. We are not to assume that anybody is saved or not saved. We just keep speaking the truth and let the Spirit do the rest. But we have to understand that we have to still come back to what really is most important here. Looking to Christ. Focusing on Jesus. Not focusing on those things that, A, we don't have any control over. 
not focusing on those things that are unimportant in the long term, but focusing on what Jesus can do to teach us and bring us to where we are totally dependent upon Him. And I mean totally dependent on Him. And that's kind of what this is all about. Jesus was doing what He could to warn the disciples about their persecution, telling them where He was going, and assuring them that they wouldn't be left alone because he, as we had mentioned last week, he talked once again about the Advocate, the Holy Spirit. And that's who we rely upon. The Holy Spirit is what helps us to be able to have this understanding. And the reason why we have this message is because he wants us to understand that without these messages he's giving to us, our faith can be shaken to the core. When trouble hits, we lose hope. He doesn't want to see this happen to us. He doesn't want to see it happen to his disciples. And we have to rely upon the Spirit to get through these trials, these difficulties. We're reminded that the world's going to hate any message you have about Christ. So you're already behind the eight ball. You're already going to have difficulty with that. And that's not even including the things that you go through personally. The aches and pains as we get older. Getting older is a bear, isn't it? We have a lot of things that we go through in our own bodies that we're wrestling with. But we also know that we are being prepared as we get older to rely more upon Jesus. Rely more upon the wisdom of those doctors, those people who care for us, recognizing that Jesus is the one who's the healer. And Jesus is the one we have to rely upon. We're, as we get older, we learn more about these things as a way of, frankly, preparation. And Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples. He's talking about his death and his resurrection. But back to verse 19. Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it, so he said, Are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said in a little while you won't see me, but a little while after that you will see me again. That's helpful. And we know that we can rely upon Jesus' words because he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He was going to go away for a little bit and he's going to return. In verse 20, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor when her child is born. Her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. Small sidebar. Lynn and I went roller skating on Thursday. We went, tried out a new session and weren't a lot of people there. Uh, they were just kind of figuring out what they wanted to do. And we got in for free, so we didn't argue about that. Amen. But uh, one of uh, my bride's friends came. I'm not going to mention her name. just going to mention that she had come because she just said she had to get out. She had a really hard day. Really hard day at work. And she shared that you know, there was a conversation with a co-worker. She's still pretty sensitive about her son's passing. Her son had um, sickle cell. And 
one of the co-workers, I guess, in a way to try to encourage her, was talking about something about she had lost her daughter too or something like that uh, at a teen, as a teenager and, and tried to say something to encourage the friend and it didn't work. But there was an opportunity to minister to her when she shared that information. I had to explain to her that at the end of the day, your son lived to be 41 years old. He was not supposed to make it past 20. The Lord gave him 20 more years. And that's something that the other person didn't get. But you had more time to see him get married, have children, have a family. And when you look at it that way, no, it doesn't take away the pain of losing the child. Well, it's actually an adult. But it does remind you that God is still very good in the midst of a very, very difficult situation. And that's how you prayerfully, through the power of the Spirit, turn one's sorrow into hope, into joy. And the friend said, I'm glad I came today. It was worth it hearing words of encouragement like that. Because we can take our moments of sorrow and difficulty, but if we put Jesus in the middle of it, When we call him the great physician, he heals us physically. He heals us right here too, spiritually. And the disciples had to hear this message from Jesus to remind them of what is to come. But they would experience joy. And that's what we have to take away from all of this. It doesn't change the message. The results are still the same. The stuff that we go through is still there. It's not going away as long as we're here. But it's now, where are we focusing? Are we focusing on what is negative? Everything's terrible? Life sucks? Or are we focusing on the words of Jesus, the communication with Jesus. You're reading and looking at Scripture daily and looking at what Jesus is saying to us individually as well as a church. The disciples aren't understanding completely and we don't understand everything that's going on either. But He gives us just enough to get us over the edge to get us to a place where we understand, okay, maybe we just need to keep moving forward moment by moment, but make sure we're carrying Christ with us as we go. The world was going to rejoice when Jesus goes to the cross. Well, who is he referring to? Anybody who hates Jesus... Satan wanted to see Jesus go to the cross, thinking that was going to end him and take care of him. Of course the world's going to rejoice because they, they have him as an enemy. The battle lines were drawn long ago. Spiritual battle of good versus evil. And the world would rejoice. And those who believe in Jesus would grieve but your grief is going to turn into wonderful joy. Not just joy, wonderful joy. Because they would see the risen Lord. And remember the disciples when they were looking? It's very interesting. You know how when somebody just stares at you, you don't know what to say? That was the disciples most of the time. When Jesus came back and he just appeared in the room and with them, and they're just sitting there staring at him while he's eating. They couldn't believe what they, would, what they were seeing. But they were joyful. 
But it wasn't until Jesus opened up their minds to what they had been exposed to for the past two years or so that they would have complete understanding and would absolutely, categorically die for him, really die for him, with the message about Jesus. Before that, that was called into question, wasn't it? Remember what Peter did? Denied Jesus existed three times. That wouldn't happen again. We as believers have to come to a place where we are mature so much in our faith, we are ready to die for Jesus. That is essentially what it's all about. And that's what he's even teaching us here. There's going to be suffering, there's going to be difficulty, but there's going to be joy. And that's the takeaway from this part. Let's go to verse 22. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. And there's an interesting parallel to this where we are, have expectancy for what? Jesus returning. Jesus coming back. He did go away. He's at the right hand of the Father now. But He is going to return. So even with that statement, there's an expectation. Even though we're going through stuff in this world today, we are anticipating and awaiting Jesus' return. And that's a wonderful expectation to have. We as believers sometimes feel like we're all alone. We're waiting for that time when Jesus returns. But in the midst of that waiting, we go through all kinds of stuff. And let's face it, sometimes we cry. Sometimes the sorrow that we have, it brings upon emotion where we're crying. We really would love Jesus to return soon enough, but we have to temper that knowing that there are people that we know that don't know Jesus. And we recognize that we have a responsibility to be prayerful for those individuals to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So while we're going through it, we're reminded by Jesus that He's asked us and told us to go into the world and preach the Gospel. And notice that there's no condition about how good you're feeling while you're doing it. There's no conditional statement. Well, if you're not feeling well, no, take a breather. You don't have to worry about doing it. No, that's not exactly what he says at all, is it? We still need to keep focusing on what he would have us to do. And he would have us to focus on those that he loves as we love them and pray for them. Let's look at verse 23. The disciples are hearing something new here. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I will tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. This is a new thing that he's talking about here. This is essentially how we pray. We don't have to go through a priest. You know, in another religion, I won't mention the name of it, but typically what you do when you go to confession and you, you sit in a room 
a dark room and someone opens up a little window and you're talking to a priest and the priest is the one who speaks to you about whatever you're confessing as far as sin is concerned. And the priest will answer and respond, essentially saying your sins are forgiven. Well, we don't need to do that. Jesus is telling us right here in his word, there's no reason. Back in the, in the Old Testament, they went through priests. Previously, people approached God through priests. But after Jesus' resurrection, any believer can now approach God directly. I believe it's in Matthew. That's where, the, that's where the curtain is torn when Jesus goes to the cross. The curtain was being ripped and torn in two. And we're not talking about a little curtain either. We're talking about, you ever try and tear a curtain? Um, that thing was thick. You can't tear that curtain. Only God can tear that curtain the way it was torn. But that was basically saying a barrier has been removed. Barriers are being broken down. When Jesus goes to the cross and then is resurrected, he's removed another barrier. Old things have passed away. All things become new. And that's also reflected in our lives as well too. When we turn to Christ, old things are put in the past. We are new people in Christ. We are being regenerated through the power of the Spirit through Christ. He's telling them, telling the disciples, a new day is now dawning. Because now we become priests under Jesus. We can approach God directly. We don't need help. We don't need someone to be an intercessory on earth. Jesus Christ is already our intercessory. He's with the Father. He is our intercessor on our behalf because of what He did on the cross for us. His shed blood on the cross took care of our sin. We should be eternally grateful for what He has done for us. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. I didn't plan on going here, but I'm going here now anyway. Hebrews 10. Let's look at verses... I think it's verse 19. Yes. We're going to read through to verse 23. Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 23. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, He has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, that is, through His flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, Verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering since he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. We can believe what Jesus says that we have the ability to go directly to the Father because of what He did for us on the cross. Verse 24 again, back in John chapter 16. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. you'll have abundant joy. The joy that we experience 
in Christ is because we have a relationship with Him. And if we're really praying and seeking Him, He's going to give us what we need to be sustained, to endure, to get through the troubles of life. So even though we don't see Christ physically, we know He's present because we have the indwelling Holy Spirit that He gives us. And Jesus, He lets us live our lives. He lets us figure it out. And sometimes we're going to have bumps along the way where we don't do the right things. But He always implores us just to come back to Him. What grace! His grace is amazing. (laughs) That's the song Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound who saved a wretch like me. There's a reason why we sing these songs. There's a reason why we give Him praise. He is worthy of our praise. We don't see Him right now, but we will see Him again one day. He's promised it. So may we live in such a manner where we don't get caught up in what the world is doing, but we focus on what Jesus is doing in our lives in the lives of other people and stay focused on being obedient to Him and recognizing His calling. Let's pray. Father, we thank You again for Your teaching. And Lord, we thank You for the encouragement of Your Word. Lord, may we always look upwardly as we move forward in life. We don't want to be naive to what is going on. We certainly understand those things, but we also understand that though there may be difficulty and trouble, you are always present and you are there to encourage us as we go. Lord, thank you for the message that you've given to us through the disciples that you're speaking to, that we indeed need to be encouraged. We don't have complete understanding, but Lord, we thank you for the promises you make to us. Thank you for keeping those promises. Thank you for the expectation, keeping the hope and having faith in you. Bless us now, Lord. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We appreciate you being here for this edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. Please stay tuned online in the timeline for our live church broadcast about 11 o'clock. We appreciate you being here. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.